Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021, and we are live. This is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor being bombed in 1941 and the U.S. entering into World War II. All right, so um, on tonight's show, today's show, uh, I want to deal with a topic we did not have time to get to on Monday's show. Now, um, on Monday, I watched the uh, press conference that the Department of Justice had. Uh, well, I actually read about the uh, this press conference that the Department of Justice had. I watched the one dealing with the lawsuit against Texas uh, for um, the uh, voting map, the redistricting, redistricting of the voting map. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Also on Monday, the Department of Justice announced that they were um, closing the uh, case of Emmett Till from the, uh, from August 28, 1955, the murder of Emmett Till. They were closing that case uh, because they could not uh, prove that a key witness lied. They could not prove that a key witness lied. Now, uh, I've seen a lot on social media about this. I posted the article from uh, NBC News on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. It's got a lot of responses. Um, I can tell a lot of people didn't actually read the article before they responded. I also read uh, articles from NBC News, uh, New York Times, and CNN uh, on this topic. The Department of Justice released a 16-page memo detailing how and why they came to their conclusion. Let me repeat this. The Department of Justice released a 16-page memo detailing how and why they came to their conclusion. This is the 16-page memo here. We're going to go through this because this, separ this will separate fact from fiction. There's a whole lot of misinformation floating around, a whole lot of fiction floating around. And the problem is, is that when you go on the court, the burden of proof is on the prosecution. And you can't go on the court with a Swiss cheese uh, piece of evidence that has holes all in it. If you read, if you actually read these articles, it goes through and breaks down how the Department of Justice could not prove that Carolyn Bryant Dunham was lying based upon evidence. The, it, and the other thing is one of the most important things to understand is that this is a 66 year old case. The statutes of limitations ran out decades ago. So I, 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 I'm going through looking at comments. I'm like, nobody's ever heard of statute of limitations. Ain't no way the hell you're going to bring charges 66 years later. Somebody perjured themselves 66 years ago in the case of 1955. That doesn't exist. This is a 66 year old case. Yeah, you want to get to the bottom and find out did somebody lie, et cetera. The statutes of limitations ran out decades ago. So we're going to go through and break this down step by step. Not get past the headlines, get past the first two paragraphs of an article that's like three or four pages. We're going to go through and do a critical analysis and we're going to actually look at the memo from the Department of Justice because when we actually read through the memo, and I read through the memo, we actually go through this. They show 
the investigation that they did. And when you go into court, the process, the burden of proof is on the prosecution. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the witness is lying. You have to have evidence. It can't be he says, she said. It has to be evidence. You have to have witnesses. One of the problems is that the only surviving witness that was there with Emmett Till on the day he was at the, uh, the, 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 the store where Carolyn Bryant was, the only witness who's still alive was outside the store and was not inside to hear the exchange between Emmett Till and Carolyn Bryant Dunham. So he can't testify or that, that, that person can't testify to, to undermine her testimony because they weren't inside to hear it. That's in the Department of Justice report. That's 16 pages that people are not talking about. I don't know where they're getting this BS from, to, be, to really be honest with you. The evidence is right here. The information is right here in the report. And most of these articles, you go through and read, and I read all, I read New York Times, NBC News, and CNN. read all three of those articles. But I spent a lot of time today going through reading the uh, actual Department of Justice memo. It's 16 pages. And it's, the link to it is in the article from CNN. So I'm hearing people in media and all this stuff. And I'm like, why the hell if I, with my very limited resources, can find all this stuff? I don't know why people in MSNBC and all this stuff. I watched Roland Martin yesterday. Roland wasn't on the show. I'll sure be glad when Roland comes back. Love everybody on there. I'll be back on, I'll be on, on Friday. Um, I'm like, People are not dealing with evidence and the facts or anything, and it's right in front of you. So we're going to go through, break all this stuff down. Because on this show, all that BS and all that sensationalism, we don't do that here. We do it facts and evidence. Secondly, there's a story. I talked about it on Brenda Hill's show yesterday out of Detroit. Well, I live in Detroit. Most people know that. Um, there was a white woman who kidnapped four african-american children and she got caught by the police she busted she was busted by the police and she's being charged her name her name is uh stephanie marie binder 37 years old uh we're going to talk about this this happened uh tuesday november 30th the children are safe they're back with their mother so um it ended uh had i guess you could i guess you could say happy ending they're back with their mother they're safe it could have been really horrible uh stephanie marie binder 37 years old she's being prosecuted we're going to talk about that story in the last segment of the show all right everybody share this broadcast on your social media platforms invite your friends to tune in i guarantee you this type of information that we're about to deal with you're not going to hear other places because they're too busy trying to get clicks and likes and all this bs and don't really want to deal with facts and evidence and really don't want to be honest and tell the truth on the african history network show we deal with uh current events history politics education economic empowerment entrepreneurship relationships love sex health issues and much much more sign up for our email newsletter text the word kemet k-e-m-e-t the 22828 the sign up for our email newsletter text the word kemet k-e-m-e-t the 22828 the sign up for our email newsletter also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We're going to clip one. When we come back from the break, Shakita, so cue up clip one. We have the clip from the Department of Justice announcing the closing of the case. Uh, that's from uh, 
uh, Monday, December 6th. Let's jump into this very quickly here. We're coming up on a break. Justice Department closes Emmett Till investigation without charges. We're going to zip through. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the article from New York Times, CNN. The one from NBC News is pretty redundant. We'll give you that uh, title. Then we're going to get into the 16-page memo from the Department of Justice laying out the actual investigation and why they had to come to the conclusion that they came to. Yes, we want justice for Emmett Till, but, I mean... The the truth, I, 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 it ain't gonna be. It's not gonna be in a, in a trial. This is a sixty six year old case. Statutes of limitations. The case was reopened in two thousand four by the Department of Justice. They closed it in two thousand six, concluding that the statute of limitations had already run out. And that's in two thousand six. This is twenty twenty one. That's an article from New York Times. The, the, this article here, the department said it could not corroborate a book's claim that a central witness had recanted her statements about Emmett, a black teenager killed by two white men in 1955. Okay, now this deals with the book by Timothy Tyson called The Blood of Emmett Till. Okay, it's very interesting. Now, I remember when this came out, we're coming up here on the break. I remember when this came out, uh, when the book came out and his, his smoking gun revelation that Carolyn Bryant Dunham, because she remarried, that she lied. And he said he had evidence, all this stuff. The first question I'm asking is you did the interview in 2008. If you had smoking gun evidence in 2008 that she lied, why'd you wait to 2017 to say something about it? We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. This is a different type of show. All that BS, you can go watch somebody else's show for that. We deal with facts and evidence here. And we provide you with evidence so you can research this yourself. Proper documentation ends all conversation. You have to believe a word that I say. You can go research this yourself. We'll be back in a few minutes. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. 
because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we've suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. Die. Stop speed the ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. We are live. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. If you have a quick question or comment, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. If you have a quick question or comment. Um, we're talking about the Department of Justice. On Monday, December 6th, they announced that they're closing the case uh, into the investigation of Emmett Emmett Till, the murder of Emmett Till, August 28, 1955. The Department of Justice said they could not uh, corroborate evidence. They could not find uh, evidence to prove that the key witness, Carolyn uh, Bryant Dunham, lied. They could not uh, find evidence to prove that she lied. They have to prove it in court beyond a reasonable doubt because the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Now, if we look at this article here, we're going to clip one in just a second, Shakita. We look at this article here from the New York Times. Justice Department closes Emmett Till investigation without charges. Okay, this is from December 6, 2021. It was updated December 7, 2021. Okay. Uh, the, the Justice Department announced on Monday that it has closed an investigation into the abduction and murder of Emmett Till. African-American uh, teenager whose gruesome, uh, who's, who's gruesome killing by two white men more than six decades ago in uh, Mississippi helped begin the civil rights movement. We talked about that here uh, on our Sunday show when we dealt with November 27th, 1955, and the meeting that took place at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church about Emmett Till and Rosa Parks attended that meeting. And Dr. T.R.M. Howard was speaking, and four days later, Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on that Cleveland Avenue bus, December 1st, 1955, which sparks the Montgomery bus boycott, which starts December 5th, 1955. And she said she was thinking about Emmett Till when she refused to give up her seat because she had been to a meeting about Emmett Till four days prior. In a news release dated Monday, December 6th, federal officials said there was not enough evidence, evidence, not he said, she said, evidence to pursue charges in the case which was reopened after a historian timothy tyson who wrote the book the blood of emmett till after a historian claimed in a book that carolyn bryant dunham because she remarried carolyn bryant bryant dunham the central witness whose account of an encounter with emmett till led to his death they could not corroborate statements that she recanted her uh, recanted the most salacious portions of her story. Okay, they once again, the Department of Justice uh, of federal officials said there was not enough evidence to pursue charges in the case that she had recanted the most salacious portions of her story that Emmett Till grabbed her and made sexually suggestive remarks even though it was in the book by Timothy Tyson and he says she recanted her story, even though he said that when the DOJ investigated, 
they couldn't find evidence to corroborate those statements. And you got to have hard evidence to go into court and the burden of proof is on the prosecution to actually prove that she's lying. Okay, now, citing the statute of limitations and Carolyn Bryan Dunham's denial that she had ever changed her story, the Department of Justice said it could not move forward with prosecuting her for perjury. Now, number one, when you look at this, and this is on page, uh, on page three, on page three of this three-page article from New York Times, so we scroll down very quickly here to page three. Um, before the current, let's see here, scroll down to page three, Dunham 87 today. She's still alive. Very quickly. If we look at this here. Okay. Before the current investigation, federal officials last revisited the case in 2004. They closed the case two years later after prosecutors determined that the statute of limitations kept them from pursuing additional federal charges. So hell no, you won't go have new federal, you weren't going to have federal charges now. This is a 66 year old case. The statute of limit in 2006, they determined the statute of limitations ran out. No, you're not going to have new charges. Yes, we want justice for Emmett Till, but look, come on, let's be reasonable. This is a 66, a 66 year old case. All the, all the witnesses are dead except one besides Carolyn Bryant Dunham. And that person was outside the store when you had the interaction between Emmett Till and Carolyn Bryant. So they can't testify to refute what she said because they didn't hear the conversation between the two of them. That's in the 16 page report from the department of justice. Okay. Let's go. Let's, let's go back here. Uh, let's continue. Okay, so citing citing the statute of limitations and Ms. Dunham's denial that she had ever changed her story, the Justice Department said that it could not move forward with prosecuting her for perjury. And the other thing that people got to remind remember is like if somebody goes to court, Department of Justice is filing charges against them, criminal charges. That person is going into court with an attorney. That person's going in the court with an attorney. You you come with a Swiss cheese prosecution, they're gonna take the, the defense attorney's gonna tear your behind up. During a moment of the trial in which jurors were not present, this, this, this is key because when this quote unquote revelation came out in 2017, I read all the information about it, about it, about Timothy Tyson's book, The Blood of Emmett Till. He made this revelation. But he did the interview in 2008. Okay, so back then I'm asking, well, what the hell? Why the hell did you wait nine years for this revelation if it was if it was supposed to be the smoking gun? Why didn't you go to authorities then? But okay, you know, all right, that's that's, that's what happened during a moment of the trial in which jurors were not present, which means jurors didn't hear this testimony. Carolyn Bryant Dunham claimed that the teenager had made sexually vulgar comments toward her and, and physical contact. But in a book published in 2017 called the blood of Emmett Till, 
by Professor Timothy B. Tyson, the author wrote that Carolyn Bryant Dunham had recanted her testimony in a 2008 interview that he did. And he did at least two interviews that I know of that, that I talked about. He did at least two interviews in 2008. And in, in, in the interviews, he said that the earlier she recanted her testimony and that the earlier stories she told were not true. That's what he said that she talked about in the two interviews she did in 2008. I don't know why you didn't go to the Department of Justice in 2008, but okay, whatever. He, 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 he released the information in 2017 around the time that his book came out. Quote, nothing Boy did could ever justify what happened to him. Okay, uh, Professor Timothy Tyson, a researcher and historian at Duke University, quoted Carolyn Bryant Dunham as saying in the book, well, we know this. This is this, that, that's not new. We know nothing that Emmett Till could have done or said justified what happened to him. We understand that. That ain't evidence either. Timothy Tyson's claim generated outrage and renewed calls for the case to be reopened. I remember just like it was yesterday because we talked about it here on this show. Kristen Clark, who leads the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, delivered the news to the family of Emmett Till in person that the case was formally closed. In a statement on Monday, December 6th, the Department of Justice said, Timothy Tyson, Professor Timothy Tyson, the book author, author of the book, The Blood of Emmett Till, the Department of Justice on Monday said, despite saying, now this is important, because when we come back from the break, we're going to get into the actual Department of Justice 16-page memo that goes through and breaks all this stuff down. The DOJ said, despite Timothy Tyson saying he had recorded two interviews with Carolyn Bryant Dunham, he provided just one recording to the FBI that did not contain a recantation. And then when you go through and read the, the report from the Department of Justice, they said his explanation of what happened to the other recording kept changing. Because when you read the, when you read the articles, it says that he said that uh, she started spilling the beans. Where is that? Okay, it's, it's in this one right here from uh, New York Times. Carolyn Bryant started spilling the beans before I, before I got the recorder going. I documented her words carefully, end quote, uh, Timothy Tyson said in the email on Monday, adding, quote, my reporting is rock solid. But wait a second, I thought you had a recording of her recanting her testimony. So you don't have a recording of her recanting her testimony. I thought you had a recording. So it's your notes that's a smoking gun. At a news conference in Chicago on Monday, December 6th, Emmett Till's family members said they were disappointed by the result of the investigation, but were not surprised. Quote, I did not expect that they would have found any new evidence, said Ollie Gordon, one of Emmett's cousins, adding, I asked, where do we go from here? Now, the Reverend Wheeler Parker Jr., the Reverend Wheeler Parker Jr., Emmett Till's cousin and best friend who was in the Mississippi Delta house, when Emmett Till was kidnapped in the middle of the night, said the conclusion of the investigation marked the end of a painful 66 years of Emmett's, uh, of Emmett's uh, loved ones. Okay. Now he said, um, uh, quote, today is a day that we will never forget. 
for 66 years, we have suffered pain for his loss. And I suffered tremendously because of the way that they painted him, end quote. All right. Now, Carolyn Bryant Dunham, who, who's still alive, 86, so she, she remarried. She was married to uh, Roy Bryant. That was her husband, Roy Bryant. Um, uh, she remarried, so it's Carolyn Bryant Dunham. She's 87 years old. She has rarely spoken publicly about the case. Her former husband and another man, J.W. Millam, confessed to Emmett Kill's uh, murder through uh, uh, the confessions that came after they were acquitted by an all-white jury. Okay, we'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Then we'll get into the 16-page report from the Department of Justice that goes through painstakingly and breaks down all this stuff. And you see how they went and, and, and started chasing. Okay, you got this evidence here. Okay, but now where's the evidence that she recanted? Oh, you got this over here, but where's the evidence that she recanted? We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. Because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses. Take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. The Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. We know in 1941, Pearl Harbor was bombed and the U.S. entered World War II. Uh, right before the break, we're dealing with another piece of history. We're dealing with the uh, murder of Emmett Till, the lynching of Emmett Till that took place August 28th, 1955 in Money, Mississippi. And we're dealing with the news from the Department of Justice on Monday, December 6th, uh, that they were closing uh, Emmett Till's case. And after uh, further investigation, 
the um, uh, Department of Justice found no, no record that Carolyn Bryant Dunham recanted her testimony about Emmett Till. Um, so, and also the other thing is, as I said at the beginning of the show, statute of limitations, this is a 66-year-old case, statute of limitations ran out. And in 2006, the Department of Justice determined that um, they couldn't bring in new charges because statute of limitations ran out. And that was in 2006. So we're talking about this article here from uh, the New York Times. Justice Department closes Emmett Till investigation without charges. And we're going through this one. We're also going to go through the 16-page the report from the Department of Justice. Now, we're not going to have time to go through all 16 pages. I'm going to go through the pertinent portions of it. I read through the, I read through the report. Uh, this is the memo uh, about the investigation. Okay, and this is at the, 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 the website of the Department of Justice is justice.gov. They have a ton of information there, justice.gov. I encourage people to go there. First thing you should do is look at the hierarchy of the Department of Justice, okay, to see what um, uh, departments and agencies fall under the auspices of the Department of Justice. Also, uh, we'll look at, uh, we'll talk briefly about this article here from uh, NBC News. Justice Department closes inquiry inquiry into murder of Emmett Till, finds no proof of accuser lie. You have to have evidence. You have to prove, when you go to court, you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. When you're the prosecution, the burden of proof is on the prosecution. You have to have rock solid evidence. The only surviving witness who was with Emmett Till, who's still alive, wasn't in the store when the interaction happened. So they can't testify to what was said because they weren't in the store to hear. That's in the, that's in the report. Okay, uh, let's do this, Shakita. I want to go to, uh, let's go to clip one. This is an excerpt from the Department of Justice press conference that took place Monday, December 6th. Let's go to clip one. to this meeting uh, to uh, receive information about the findings of the FBI in its last leg of the investigation into the lynching, the 1955 lynching of Emmett Till. And we have been working with the government for the last four years. Uh, Reverend Parker and Ms. Edwards uh, have been working with the FBI and receiving information. Um, uh, Reverend Parker, of course, is a, a cooperating witness as well as a victim and a survivor of that night of terror in 1955. We have finally received um, findings from the, uh, the FBI related to the investigation that was launched with the uh, publication of uh, The Blood of Emmett Till by uh, Timothy Tyson in uh, February 2017, which as you know included what was reported to be a recantation by Carolyn Bryant, who accused Emmett Till of all kinds of atrocities uh, that ultimately uh, led to his lynching. Now, I'm just going to read one portion of this uh, this letter that was issued to Reverend Parker uh, related to uh, this investigation. In 2017, Professor Timothy Tyson alleged that Carolyn Bryant, now Carolyn Donham, the wife of one of the confessed murderers and a witness to events leading up to the murder, had in an interview with him recanted previous accounts she had given of the circumstances surrounding Mr. Till's murder. In response, the department and the FBI examined whether Carolyn Bryant had recanted, and if so, whether she had information that would allow prosecution of any living person, including Carolyn Bryant herself. 
Following the exhaustive multi-year investigation, which included thoroughly reviewing that new evidence and examining the evidence gathered from an earlier investigation, we regret to inform you that for the reasons explained more fully below, we have not uncovered sufficient evidence to support a federal prosecution. The department re-examined Mr. Till's murder pursuant to the acts named in his honor, the Emmett Till Unsolved Civil Rights Crime Act, the Emmett Till Act, and its more recent reauthorization. The current re-examination of Mr. Till's murder was conducted by FBI special agents, assistant U.S. attorneys, and the local Mississippi District Attorney's Office and experienced cold case attorneys in the Civil Rights Division. So um, you can imagine that this was quite a blow to the family and they'll talk more about that. Uh, we now know that the case is closed, formally closed. It was opened in 2007. It was never actually closed, uh, even after the investigation then led to no indictments. Uh, so it was easy to reopen once this new evidence came to light. It is now officially closed without any um, recommendations for indictments, without any indication that uh, there was any verifiable evidence that Carolyn Bryant actually recanted, despite what is published in the Timothy Tyson book. And there was no credible evidence that Timothy Tyson could provide that would have led to any further action in this case against Carolyn Bryant. Hi, everyone. Okay, pause right there. All right. Uh, that's from uh, ABC News. That is from December 6, 2021. We'll post the link here. Um, name of that clip is, okay, that was clip number one. Name of that clip, DOJ officially closes Emmett Till investigation. That's from um, uh, ABC News from December 6, uh, 2021. And that's on their YouTube channel, ABC News YouTube channel. YouTube channel. We'll post a link here. All right, let's look at this here. Uh, all right, let's look at this. So I'm going to go back quickly here to the article from NBC News in case it's something I missed. Then, we'll, then we're going to look at the um, Department of Justice report. And he was outlining some of the Department of Justice report right there. Okay, now... Page, uh, we left off on page two in this article here from in, uh, New York Times. All right. Okay. So Timothy Tyson, Professor Timothy Tyson, and in the piece from in the uh, Department of Justice report, it talks about um, in early 2017, new, new information emerged suggesting that Carolyn Bryant. They have excess X for her name, but they're referring to Karen and Brian Dunham had recanted her claims. And it was based upon uh, uh, Timothy Tyson's book. And he alleged during a book promotion tour that Carolyn Bryant had during an interview with him nearly a decade earlier, recanted the account that she had provided under oath and proceedings related to Emmett, to Emmett Till's, uh, to, uh, where the trial of the killing of Emmett Till, uh, Roy Bryant and J.W. Millen were on trial. Once again, if you interviewed her in 2008 and she recanted her testimony, why the hell did you wait to 2017 to say something about it? 2017 is when your book came out, but why'd you wait to 2017 to say something about it? I'm still trying to figure that out, but okay. Maybe it's just above my pay grade. Um, 
So Carolyn Bryant started spilling the beans before I got the recorder going, before you could actually record her, recanted her testimony. I documented her words carefully. Uh, Timothy Tyson said in an email on Monday, uh, adding my reporting is rock, rock solid. Now, okay, so we talked about that. Uh, let's see. Okay. Dunham. Okay, 1955, 14-year-old Emmett Till traveled from uh, Chicago to the Mississippi Delta to visit relatives. One day in August, he walked into a store in Money, Mississippi, run by Carolyn Bryant Dunham and her husband, Roy Bryant, to buy candy. Accounts vary about what happened, but a witness said that Emmett Till whistled at Carolyn Bryant Dunham. Days later, uh, uh, Roy Bryant, her husband, and his half-brother, J.W. Millam, abducted, tortured, and shot Emmett Till. Then they tied a 70-pound cotton gin fan around his neck and tossed his body into the river. His corpse, broken, battered, and mutilated, was retrieved from the water uh, on the last day of August. Uh, we know there was a trial. They were acquitted in the trial by all-white jury. The jury deliberated for about 45 minutes, found them not guilty. Uh, some months later, they were interviewed by Look Magazine. Two, the two killers were interviewed by Look Magazine a few months later. They were paid $4,000 for that interview, and they admitted to killing Emmett Till in that interview. If you watch the original Eyes on the Prize series that deals with 1955 to 1965, it opens with the murder of Emmett Till, okay? And it goes through, and it deals with the trial. The, the trial took place in a segregated courtroom, all right? White people on one side, African Americans on another side. It was... It's, it's, Go go watch, uh, go watch uh, Eyes on the Prize where they deal with uh, Emmett Till's murder. Okay, Mamie Till, uh, Emmett's mother, insisted on an open coffin. We know there were photographs of this in Jet magazine. She said the whole nation had to bear witness uh, to what is considered among the worst hate crimes of the 20th century. She said she wanted she wanted the world to see what they did to her baby. Now, uh, let's see. Okay, Mississippi is never okay. Blah, blah. All right. Now, all right, we're coming up on another break. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into the Department of Justice um, memo that goes through, breaks all this stuff down. You already heard some of it in the clip that we played from the DOJ, and I already shared an excerpt of it with you, of the memo. We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion. Theater, African dance, and drumming since 
Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, uh, December 7th, 2021, and we are live. We're talking about the Department of Justice announcing on Monday, December 6th, that they're closing the investigation into the uh, murder of Emmett Till. Uh, they opened it up based upon, uh, quote unquote, new revelations in a 2017 book by Professor Timothy Tyson. Uh, the book is entitled The Blood of Emmett Till. And it made uh, he during a uh, book promotion uh, made statements that he interviewed Carolyn Bryant Dunham, uh, who was the white woman who was who was uh, running the grocery store. She was part owner of the grocery store that Emmett Till went into. And uh, he said that she made statements recanting her testimony from the trial in 1955. She denied recanting her testimony. The Department of Justice concluded they can't find evidence that she recanted her testimony. I encourage everybody to read the 16 page memo from the, from the Department of Justice, not headlines, not memes on social media, not comments on social media. I read a lot of that stuff. None of them said that the statute of limitations ran out years ago. On this case, number one, two, we played the clip of the uh, of the excerpt from the press conference from the Department of Justice and they get deep into this. So we're about to jump into this. Um, also. Everybody, if you'd like this type of information, you can uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and register for the uh, online courses I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. It's a 10-week online course, and uh, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. Sundays. Uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. That's Sundays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Normally, the classes are $130 each. We have a special bundle. You can register for both classes for only $70 right now at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, so let's look at this here. I want to look, uh, we want to go back and look at the, um, we're going to look at the Department of Justice report here. Now, the article from New York Times is one of the best ones. CNN had a really good one also. The one from uh, NBC News was missing some details, some key details, but it, it was all right. Uh, you're going to get more extensive articles usually from Washington Post and New York Times than NBC News, just generally speaking. Um, back to this article from New York Times. Before the current investigation, federal officials last revisited the case in 2004. They closed the case two years later in 2006 after prosecutors determined, determined that the statute of limitations kept them from pursuing additional federal charges. That was the determination in 2006. As part of that inquiry, Emmett Till's body was exhumed. The latest investigation was part of the Justice Department's larger review of cases believed to be motivated by racial hatred. Over the past 15 years, the Department of Justice has led several success has led several successful investigations, including the prosecution of Edgar Ray Killen. Edgar Ray Killen died in prison after uh, about four years ago. He was a former Ku Klux Klansman who arranged the murders of the three civil rights workers in uh, uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi, Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney, who were killed June 21st, 1964, during Freedom Summer. 
There's also a Mississippi. Mississippi is also the state that had the most number of lynchings. Like from 1882, 1868, they had about 581 lynchings out of 4,743 lynchings in the U.S. 581 were in Mississippi. Mississippi had the most number of lynchings in the country. So if we look at, so read this article here from New York Times. It's one of the best ones dealing with this that I've read. Let's look at the, let's go back to the Department of Justice report. And we're going to go past our hour. We're going to, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're almost out of time here on 9, a.m. Superstation WFDF. I already know we're going to go past uh, an hour. In early 2017, new information emerged suggesting that it, it, it was Carolyn Bryant Dunham. They have it XXX, but Carolyn Bryant Dunham had recanted her claims that Emmett Till had assaulted and propositioned her in, in the store, had assaulted and propositioned her in the store. Timothy Tyson, a university professor who had written a book, The Blood of Emmett Till, also, uh, alleged, alleged during a book promotion tour that Carolyn Bryant had during an interview with him nearly a decade earlier in 2008. I'm still trying to figure this out. It was in 2017 that you said you got a smoking gun, but you interviewed her in 2008. Why don't you take that smoking gun to the to the authorities? But okay. He said he had interviewed her nearly a decade earlier. He said she recanted the account that she had provided under oath and proceedings related to um, Emmett Till's murder trial. Once Timothy Tyson's assertion about the recantation was made public, members of Emmett Till's family, state and federal public officials, advocacy groups, journalists, and other interested parties requested an investigation into and if possible prosecution of Carolyn Bryant for perjury, saying she lied. Okay, so, so the professor says, Oh, she recanted her testimony. Okay. Department of Justice asking, where's the evidence that she recanted her testimony? Because the Department of Justice talked to her. She said she did not recant her testimony. So they're asking, okay, where's the evidence? If we go into court with something, we have to have evidence. Shortly after the book's publication, attorneys in the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division the United States Office for the Northern District of Mississippi and the Mississippi District Attorney's Office, 4th District, reopened prior investigations to examine the truthfulness of Professor Timothy Tyson's claim and re-examine the earlier decision to close the case without prosecution. Specifically, the Department of Justice reviewed its previous determination concerning uh, 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 Carolyn Bryant Dunham's culpability in Emmett Till's abduction and murder and also considered whether new information suggested that any other living person complicit in Emmett Till's murder could be identified and potentially prosecuted. When you go through and read this, all the other witnesses died. Roy, Roy Bryant and J.W. Millam are already dead, but because of double jeopardy, they can't be tried again. When you go through and actually read the 16-page memo from the Department of Justice that goes through and explains the whole investigation, the only person that's still alive that was there with Emmett Till that day 
was outside the store when the interaction took place inside the store between Emmett Till and Carolyn Bryant, and that person didn't hear what happened. They didn't hear the, that person didn't hear the dialogue, the discourse. The FBI's investigation altogether, although no longer active in 2017, had never been officially closed. For the reasons set, set forth below, the Department of Justice has concluded an exhaustive multi-year review that it cannot prosecute Carolyn Bryan Dunham or any other subjects for any federal offense. First, the Department of Justice has not uncovered any new evidence that would change its conclusion from its 2004 investigation that it was not able to bring federal charges against Carolyn Bryan Dunham in connection with Emmett Till's abduction and murder. And on top of that, the statute of limitations have run out because the DOJ concluded that back in 2006. Moreover, and as explained more fully below, the statute of limitations, which is essentially a deadline for charging someone with a crime, has run has run on all potential federal crimes that could apply to Emmett Till's abduction and murder, and, and there is no other potential basis for federal jurisdiction. Okay, those watching on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, keep watching. We'll keep going for a few more minutes. Uh, we'll talk about this some more on tomorrow's show. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Okay. Now, once again, this is not, he said, she said, Pebbles told Cookie what she thought she heard. This is not sensationalism, all this stuff. This is straight, I do research. This is straight from the Department of Justice report, memo that all the articles being written are citing this memo. This is the 16-page memo that the Department of Justice released yesterday about their investigation that they gave a press conference about on Monday, December 6th, that all the articles that are being written about them closing this case, they're citing portions of the investigation and uh, they're citing uh, uh, statements from the press conference that was given yesterday that's citing the investigation. Okay, so this is the 16-page memo. This is at the Department of Justice website, which is justice.gov. Justice.gov is the Department of Justice website. Okay, Monday, December 6, 2021, cases, Emmett Till, Civil Rights Division, notice to, clo notice to close file. Okay, Roy Bryant deceased, J.W. Millam deceased, Emmett Till deceased. Roy Bryant and J.W. Millam were the killers of Emmett Till, and they admitted to it months after the... Um, months after the trial ended where they were acquitted, they, uh, they were interviewed by Look Magazine. They were paid $4,000 for their interview. In, in the interview, they admitted to killing Emmett Till. Okay, now, page two. We're on page two here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have time to go through all 16 pages. You can read this yourself. Um okay, ran out on statute of limitations. And there's no other potential basis for federal jurisdiction. Additionally, the department cannot prosecute. Carolyn Bryan Dunham for perjury, i.e. lying while under oath in relation to the 1955 state trial or for previously making false statements to federal investigators.
Well, why is that, Michael Imhotep? The statute of limitations has run for any charges, state or federal, for lying under oath and for any charges that could be based on false statements that Carolyn Brian Dunham made to federal investigators during the 2004 investigation. Finally, the Department of Justice cannot charge Carolyn Brian Dunham for making false statements during the current investigation. Carolyn Brian Dunham was re-interviewed in 2017, at which time she denied having ever recanted her state court testimony. This is more he said, she said, because Timothy Tyson said she recanted her testimony. And now he said he interviewed in 2008 and she recanted the testimony, but he didn't say anything about the 2017 during a book tour promoting his book, The Blood of Emmett Till. Once again, my question, I don't have a law degree. I'm sorry I graduated from public school, but the question I would ask, wait a second. If in 2017, you're talking about all this new, this new evidence, this smoking gun that you have, and you got it in 2008, why the hell didn't you say something then and go to the authorities then? But that's just me with my public school education. Just, that's just how I think. I'm, you know, all right. I graduated from Wayne State University. I ain't graduated from Ivy League. So that's just how I think. But, okay, I guess I'm wrong. Now, the Department of Justice thus considered whether it could charge her with making false statements in relation to the current investigation, the current investigation that they just closed. But to prosecute Carolyn Brian Dunham, for making a false statement to federal investigators, the government would have to prove that she intensely lied when she told FBI agents that she never recanted her prior statement. So you gotta prove in court beyond a reasonable doubt based upon evidence. And they don't have it. You have to prove, you can't go in there where he said, she said. You have to prove in court beyond a reasonable doubt based upon evidence that she lied in the current investigation that they just closed. But to prosecute, let's, let's back up, let's look at this again. This is from the Department of Justice report. People, most people that commenting on social media ain't, don't even know this shit exists. Okay, so I, mean, I don't, it's, it's free. I don't understand how people don't know this, but okay. Depart, department thus considered whether it could charge her with making false statements in relation to the current investigation, because lying to uh, lying to the FBI doing the investigation, lying to them, that, that's a federal offense, okay? But to prosecute Carolyn Bryant Dunham for making a false statement to federal investigators, the government government would have to prove that she intentionally lied when she told FBI agents that she had never recanted her prior statements. This necessarily means that the government would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in court that when Carolyn Bryant Dunham talked to Professor Timothy Tyson, who wrote the book, The Blood of Emmett Till, she did, in fact, 
recant her testimony from the state proceedings, meaning the trial in 1955. Okay, the federal investigators would have to prove that based upon evidence. As explained more fully below, the alleged recantation is not well documented and Timothy Tyson's own account of the recantation cannot be independently corroborated. Because they go deep into this, because they kept saying, well, wait a second, he was, they interviewed him a number of times and what he was saying kept changing and whether he had a recording of her recanting the testimony or all this, this stuff kept changing. You can't go into court with no Swiss cheese evidence with holes all in it. This would prevent the government from proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Carolyn Bryant Dunham recanted her testimony when she spoke with Professor Timothy Tyson over a decade ago. Consequently, that she lied to FBI agents when she denied having done so. You got to have evidence. You remember, you remember in uh training day with Denzel Washington? He was talking to the he was talking to the Ethan Hawke's character. He said, It's not it's not what you think or what you believe, is what you can prove. <laughs> it's what you can prove. It ain't what you believe, it's not what you think is what you can prove, especially going to court because the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Now, um, okay, let's see. I want to go to, for the sake of time, I want to go to section D, Timothy Tyson's, uh, Timothy Tyson's claim that she recanted her story. State trial, all this stuff. This is a 16-page memo from the Department of Justice that goes through and explains the entire investigation, what they did and how and why they came to the conclusion they came to. Section D, page four. Timothy Tyson's claim that Carolyn Bryan Dunham recanted her testimony, okay? And I may have to reference the article here from CNN.com also. Or CNN has one of the best articles on this as well. Um, Justice, let me see. Let's pull up the article from CNN. You can read that as well. Justice Department closes investigation into Emmett Till killing after failing to prove key witness lied. Now, this is this is the article here from CNN. Uh, where is it up here? Uh, is this the right one? Okay, that's not, hold on. Let me get the link. Okay, this is the article from CNN. In this article, it actually has the link to the Department of Justice memo. I encourage everybody to read this because we need we need like real critical thinking skills. We have to understand how to do research. Okay, there's a whole lot of BS out here on social media that just preys on our people's ignorance. 
Justice Department closes investigation. Okay, let me close this ad out. Justice Department closes investigation uh, into Emmett Till killing after failing to prove key witnesses. Key witness lied after failing to prove key witness lied. Okay, so they talk about 2017 and all that, Timothy Tyson. Okay, yet after an exhaustive investigation, the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division has now concluded it cannot prove, cannot prove uh, the woman, it cannot prove the woman lied to federal investigators about her story. After CNN reported the development in the case early Monday, the department subsequently made a public made public a memo explaining the evidence investigators reviewed and its reasons for closing the matter without federal charges. We are going through the actual Department of Justice memo. We ain't going through. He said she said. We're actually going through the Department of Justice memo that goes and breaks down the whole investigation. Okay. The explosive reported confession said, so they're talking about uh, in 2017 um, when Timothy Tyson said that uh, he got a confession in two, in the 2008 interview with Carolyn Bryant Dunham. All right. And it says here, um, uh, Emmett Till said accounts from that day differed, but the witness alleged uh, that Till witnessed uh, whistled at Dunham as she left the market. She ran with her husband. Dunham later testified in 1955 that Emmett Till grabbed her hand, her waist, and propositioned her, saying that he had been uh, had, that he had been with quote white women before. Okay, yet when the trial testimony was raised. With her years later in a 2008 interview, Timothy Tyson claimed uh, Carolyn Bryan Dunham told him, quote, that part's not true, end quote. The explosive reported confession, quote unquote, confession set off a firestorm of calls for authorities to reopen the cold case. The Justice Department. The Justice Department had already reexamined the case once uh, once and concluded in 2007 that no one could uh, be prosecuted at the federal level. It was actually 2006 could be prosecuted uh, on the federal level based on the evidence available and the statute of limitations had long run out. The statute of limitations had long since run out. Armed with Timothy Tyson's new claims, federal investigators once again spoke with Carolyn Bryan Dunham. The goal, sources familiar with the investigation say, was to determine if Carolyn Bryan Dunham actually recanted her previous testimony in her interview with Professor Timothy Tyson, and if so, what other evidence she might be willing to provide that could shed light on her role in the killing or in identifying others who might be culpable, or in identifying others who might be culpable. Now, Right here, page two, a recantation, quote, a recantation would directly contradict both her testimony at the state proceeding proceedings in 1955 and the statement she provided to the FBI during the previous investigation, end quote, the Justice Department explained in, in the memo Monday. And we're going through the memo right now. 
This is the article for CNN, but we're going through the memo also from the Department of Justice. Yet when questioned directly, yet when questioned directly, Carolyn Bryant Dunham adamantly denied to investigators that she had recanted her testimony. And other investigators ran into additional evidentiary problems. Other investigators ran into additional evidentiary problems. Because when you go to court, it's not what you believe, it's what you can prove. The most damning statements that Professor Timothy, Timothy Tyson, author of the book, The Blood of Emmett Till, attributed to Carolyn Bryant, were not recorded or transcribed, and it's explained in the Department of Justice report. The most damning statements that Professor Timothy Tyson attributed to Carolyn Bryant Dunham were not recorded or transcribed. And he gave, now pay close attention to this, because I'm reading all this BS on social media, nobody is citing this information. And he gave authorities inconsistent statements on whether a recording had ever been made. The Department of Justice say it, it's in their report. Tyson took some notes on their conversation, but he cannot provide a firm timeline of when her confession reportedly happened. Quote, these facts would preclude the government from proving Beyond a reasonable doubt, because like I said before, it ain't what you believe is what you can actually prove. Quote, these facts would preclude the government from proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Carolyn Bryant Dunham recanted her previous testimony when speaking to Professor Timothy Tyson and therefore that she lied to the FBI when she denied having done so, end quote. The department wrote on Monday, taking care to note that Department of Justice lawyers were not suggesting they necessarily credited her original story. They're not saying they credited her original story, but they're saying, wait a second, hold on. We don't have evidence that she lied. We don't, we don't have evidence. She, she, she is saying she did not recant her testimony. We don't have evidence that she recanted her testimony. Quote, there remains considerable doubt as to the credibility of Carolyn, Carolyn Bryant Dunham's original of, account of what happened inside the store, the Department of Justice memo went on to explain. That's in the memo also. However, there is no witness the government could now call to disprove her account. Because once again, when you go into court, you gotta have evidence. There's no witness the government can now call to disprove her account. The burden of proof is on the prosecution. When reached for comment via email, Professor Timothy Tyson provided a lengthy statement standing by his story. Quote, my reporting is rock solid. He said in the statement to CNN, quote, Carolyn Bryant denies it and the voice talking about it like it was the plague. I am standing in the public square telling the truth as I see it based on solid evidence, end quote. Okay, but Department of Justice investigated, talked to you a number of times, and they can't find evidence that she recanted her story. And you can't go into court with that. 
when asked about the nine-year gap in time between when he says Carolyn Brian Dunham confessed to him, which was 2008, and when he made the news public in 2017, and according to the Department of Justice report, it was during a book tour promoting his book, The Blood of Emmett Till, in 2017, when he made the, the statements, the allegations of the new information of the smoking gun. Tyson said in part, quote, since nothing Carolyn Brian Dunham said in our two interviews implicated any living person, including herself, at the time, I did not think them particularly newsworthy, end quote. See, I read all this stuff. I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? I'm sitting there. So you got the smoking gun evidence and you wait nine years to say something until your book is out about the smoking gun evidence, about the case. You, uh, okay. All right. The professor further explained in a later statement to CNN that he provided the FBI with his notes and that he did try to interview Dunham to quote get her to state to get her to say more about her conflicting stories end quote but was unable to speak to Dunham again. But you did the interviews in two thousand eight. You're making statements in twenty seventeen about evidence that you had in two thousand eight. If the evidence was so rock solid, why don't you? go to the authorities in 2008. Maybe some of the witnesses were still alive then. Uh, read the rest of this article. Read the rest of this article here. CNN. They have an excellent article as well. This is one of the few that actually has the link to the Department of Justice memo. Let's go back to the memo. Because we deal, we deal with facts and evidence here. Proper documentation in, ends all conversation. We don't deal with all the sensationalism, all this BS floating around. I don't, I don't do with that stuff. That's not how my teachers train me. Um, this is page four of the Department of Justice memo. Section D, Timothy Tyson's claim that Carolyn Bryant Dunham recanted her testimony. No additional investigative steps were taken by the federal or state government in the next decade. Then shortly before the publication of his book, The Blood of Emmett Till in 2017, Professor Timothy Tyson revealed to several media outlets that Carolyn Bryant had during an interview with him in 2008 recanted the account that she had provided under oath during a hearing at uh, the trial of, for Emmett Till's murder, trial of Roy Bryant and J.W. Mellum in 1955. Professor Timothy Tyson's account suggested that Carolyn Bryant Dunham lied in court and lied during the FBI's 2004 investigation. Now, if she lied during the FBI's 2004 investigation, lied to federal officials during the investigation, is is a crime then that is not outside of the 2004 line to fellow officials in 2004 that's not outside of the statute of limitations okay lying on the witness stand 1955 that's outside the statute of limitations first year law student could tell you that that ain't happening 
Specifically, Professor Timothy Tyson stated that Carolyn Bryant Dunham admitted that her representation, that her representation that Emmett Till had made verbal and physical advances toward her in the store was not true. And which, um, okay, I may have to go to the article from NBC News for that part. Now, in the book, which was published the following month after he made these statements in 2017, the book, which was published the following month, Timothy Tyson wrote that Carolyn Bryant said, Let's pay attention to this. I'm going to blow this, I'm going to blow this up right here. I'm gonna, we're going to increase the size. I want everybody to see it. Even if even if your eyes, even if you're blind, I want you to be able to see this. Okay, let's see. Let's go to D. Right here. In the book, which was published the following month, Timothy Tyson wrote that Carolyn Bryan Dunham said, quote, I have thought and thought about everything Emmett Till, about Emmett Till, the killing and the trial, telling, telling who did what to who, and then murmured, quote, they're all dead now anyway. They're all dead now anyway. End quote. He wrote that while quote, trying hard to distinguish fact from remembrance, Carolyn Bryan Dunham revealed a story different from what he thought he knew about the incident. Specifically, he represented that uh, Carolyn Dunham handed him a transcript. Now, see, this is important because the Department of Justice, all these claims, they went and investigated all this stuff. And they come up with a dead end. Specifically, Timothy Tyson represented that Carolyn, Carolyn Bryant Dunham handed him a transcript of her sworn testimony and claimed, quote, that part's not true, end quote. He said, she said, pointed to a, uh, uh, handing him a transcript of her sworn testimony and claim that part's not true. He then wrote, if that part was not true, I asked what did happen that even decades earlier? I want to tell you, she said, honestly, I just don't remember. It was 50 years ago. You tell these stories so long, you tell these stories for so long that they seem true, but that part is not true. What part's not true? That part's not true. What part is not true? She went on to say, according to him, quote, nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him, end quote. We know that. That ain't evidence either. We know that. In the book, Timothy Tyson identified a September 8th, 2008 interview that, uh, that he did with Carolyn Bryan Dunham and, quote, accompanying handwritten notes 
by the author, end quote, as his sources for these and other statements of Carolyn Bryant's included throughout his book. Timothy Tyson relied upon a draft memoir uh, that Bryant, that Carolyn Bryant had written but had not published. Current FBI investigation. Timothy Tyson's claim of Carolyn Bryant's uh, recantation, recanting her testimony, understandably caused outrage in Mississippi and around the country, and it is widely reported by numerous news outlets in both print and television. Because I remember this 27 thing, oh, she recanted her testimony. I, I was reading through it then. I'm like, okay, wh where's the evidence? Okay, I read back in 2017. He said, she said that part's not true. What part's not true? Nothing he could have done deserved, would justify what happened to. We know that. What, what evidence are you citing that she recanted her testimony? I was asking this back in 2017. Interested parties questioned whether having recanted her prior statement, Carolyn Bryant could be punished for her previous lies. If confirmed, a recantation of Bryant's account of what happened inside the store would raise questions about the previous federal and state decisions to decline prosecution. The Department, the Department of Justice's previous conclusion about what role, if any, Bryant had in Emmett Till's abduction and murder and whether any person previously identified, whether any person previously identified was complicit in the underlying crimes. And of course, a recantation would directly contradict both her testimony at the state proceedings in 1955 and the statement she provided to the FBI during the previous investigation, which was in 2004 and ended in 2006. The current investigation was designed to identify evidence corroborating Timothy Tyson's claim that Carolyn Bryant recanted her 1955 testimony and whether there was additional evidence identifying up, pay close attention to this. Okay, this is page five. So when you go through and read all 16 pages, because I know you are, this is on page five, middle of the page. The current investigation was designed to identify evidence corroborating Timothy Tyson's claim that Carolyn Bryant recanted her 1955 testimony and whether there was additional evidence identifying one, previously unknown information of uh, uh, Carolyn Bryant having been completed in Emmett Till's abduction and murder, two, any previous unknown living subject, a witness or something like this, that they didn't know about previously who's still alive. Three, a basis to support any other federal or state charges. Three, a basis to support any other federal or state charges. In re-examining these issues, the FBI interviewed 
Professor Timothy Tyson, Carolyn Bryant Dunham, and persons close to or associated with them. In addition, the government also re-interviewed, um, now this person's a name I don't know. I think this was the person who, this is the person who was with Emmett Till that day at the store. The last surviving member of the group of young men who accompanied Emmett Till to the grocery store, to the grocery and meat market, and who was present when Emmett Till was abducted from his relative's home. The FBI also obtained and reviewed other relevant documents conducted forensic computer analysis and consulted with case agents familiar with the early investigation. The FBI quickly identified a significant ob obstacle in its investigation. Professor Timothy Tyson conducted two separate interviews with Carolyn Bryant and recorded and transcribed both. However, the key statements Carolyn Bryant reportedly made to him recanting her previous testimony, pay attention to this, the key statements that Carolyn Bryant allegedly made to him reportedly made to him recanting her previous testimony were neither recorded nor transcribed. The key, now, once again, Timothy Tyson starts talking about this in 2017, the month before his book comes out. He said he did an interview in 2008. My question again, with my public school education, Okay, if you got this smoking gun evidence, why don't you go to the authorities nine years prior? The FBI learned that Timothy Tyson had lost one of the recordings, the one during which Carolyn Bryant Dunham reportedly recanted her earlier statements and sworn testimony. Moreover, pay attention to this, Timothy Tyson gave inconsistent explanations of whether they had ever, whether there had ever been a recording of the admission. And if not, why none had been made? They can't keep, they can't go into court and, and, and they say, okay, so we asked them and he gave inconsistent explanations of whether it had been a recording or not and all this stuff. Because when we go back to the article here, from the New York Times, spilling the beans. What's that, page two? Page two, New York Times. Let's go back to this article here. Article from New York Times, entitled Justice Department Closes Emmett Till Investigation Without Charges. Okay, December 6, 2021. Page two of the article, right here. This is what Timothy Tyson said. Mr. Tyson said that although he did not record Ms. Dunham's recantation, he took detailed notes. So now you don't have a recording of the recantation. Quote, Carolyn started spilling the beans before I got the recorder going. 
I documented her words carefully, end quote. Timothy Tyson said in the email on Monday, adding, quote, my reporting is rock solid, end quote. Okay, so that's reporting from the New York Times. Let's go back to the Department of Justice report. Okay, page five, the Department of Justice report under the section, uh, section four, current FBI investigation. The FBI learned that Timothy Tyson had lost one of the recordings, the one during which Carolyn Bryant reportedly recanted her earlier statements and sworn testimony. But you said that you, you said that she spilled the beans before you could start recording. Quote, moreover, Tyson gave inconsistent explanations of whether there had ever been a recording of the admission. And if not, and if not, why none had been made? Tyson also gave differing accounts as to when Carolyn Bryant made the recantation. And Timothy Tyson told investigators that although Carolyn Bryant did not specifically identify any part of her testimony as untrue, he understood from the context of their conversation that she was referring to her allegation that Emmett Till had physically accosted her in the store and that his connection was recorded in his written notes. So you don't have a so you don't have a recording. You started recording after she's spilled the beans. You don't have a recording. You're giving conflicting statements on when you when the interview actually happened that she recanted her testimony, but she you don't have evidence she really actually recanted her testimony. And they're gonna go into court with that. Moreover, Timothy Tyson gave inconsistent explanations of whether there had ever been a recording of the admission, and if not, why none had been made. He also gave differing accounts as to when Carolyn Bryant made the recantation. And Timothy Tyson told investigators that although Carolyn Bryant did not specifically identify any part of her testimony as untrue, he understood from the context of their conversation that she was referring to her allegation that Emmett Till had physically accosted her in the store and that this connection was recorded in his written notes. Tyson's notes, however, Tyson's notes, however, did not include such a connection. This is the investigation from the Department of Justice. Now you go, you gonna go into court with this. You gonna go into court with this. You you gonna go into court this wishy washy stuff. And she's saying she did not recant her testimony, and she's gonna have a defense attorney that's gonna tear your ass up. These facts would preclude the government from proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Carolyn Bryant recanted her previous testimony when speaking with Professor Timothy Tyson and therefore that she lied to the FBI when she denied having done so. 
This is why they investigated, they investigated this shit too. We can't find any corroborating evidence to prove that she's lying. There remains considerable doubt as to the credibility of Carolyn Bryant's original account of what happened inside the store. That's true. Particularly her assertion under oath that Emmett Till made lewd comments to her and physically accosted her. That's true. As her testimony is undercut by assertions made by, I'm not sure who this person is, and by other black youths who were with Emmett Till at the store on the day of the incident. However, um, the, this person's name, I'm not sure who this is. This was the, this is the only living person who was with Emmett Till at the store that day. But this person was outside the store. However, Blank is the only one of these witnesses who is still alive and he was not inside the store at the time Carolyn Bryant said the interaction occurred. He was not inside the store to actually hear what was going on. Thus, there is no witness the government could now call to disprove her account. Because when you go into court, it's not what you believe, it's what you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, if you do prosecution, because the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Moreover, as explained more fully below, the statute of limitations has expired on any charges that could be brought relating to her original account of the events in the store. Okay, now you can go through read the full 16 pages. They go through extensively break down all this stuff. I don't have time to go through all of it here, but it's deep because when you go, when you go through and read this, right, then you start understanding how to conduct investigations. You start understanding questions to ask. I've been doing radio 11 years. Okay. I've seen different reports from the DOJ, different investigations. Okay. So certain, so when I hear certain things, I know to start asking certain questions. Back in 2017, I had questions. I, I was reading the different articles about the counsel Timothy Tyson. So I'm just like, okay, so you said she said that part's not true. Okay, what part's not true? You said she recanted her testimony. What, what where's the evidence that she recanted her testimony? All right. Um so you can also read this article here from NBC News. It's not as detailed as the other two. Justice Department sues Texas over GOP drawn voting rights. Oh, no, not that one. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, where's the one from? You can read that one also. We talked about that yesterday on yesterday's show. This one right here. Justice, uh, Justice Department closes inquiry into murder of Emmett Till, finds no proof, accused alive. Read that. Share that with your friends. All these people circulating all this nonsense on social media. See, here we, we deal with facts and evidence. All right. Now, I want to do, okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to deal with this crazy story out of Detroit. Um, this white woman kidnapped four African-American children in a white van. 
and she got busted doing so. The children are now back safe with their mother. Uh, crazy story out of Detroit. We'll go to this in just a minute. Uh, listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Marie uh, Ben Binder. This is the article from Fox 2 News here in Detroit. Okay, you should be able to hear me. Hold on. Testing one, two, three. Test. Can you all hear me? Let me know. Yes or no? Can you hear me? Uh, let me refresh the screen. Hold on. All right. Testing one, two, three. You should be able to hear me. Testing one, two, three. Testing. Okay. You should be able to hear. Okay. So um, this article here from Fox 2 News Woman charged with kidnapping four small children, officers praised for arrest before they were harmed. This is from December 3rd, 2021. Okay, here in Detroit. A, a mother of four small children cried tears of relief in Detroit police for saving them from an alleged kidnapper while thanking Detroit police from saving them from an alleged kidnapper. Shayla uh, Burley, Burley said, I want to thank everyone that my children are back home safe. Okay, now, uh, police say suspect Stephanie Marie Binder was charged with kidnapping Burley's four children as they walked to school on Tuesday. Now, this uh, incident took place on Tuesday, November 30th, Tuesday, November 30th, okay? And there's also another article from um, clickondetroit.com that I read. And I'm going to pull that one up also because it has a, a mugshot of her. And we're going to make her black famous. Um, we'll pull that one up. Okay, we'll let that load up. All right, now. Oh, they have a mugshot over here, too. I like the picture better from Click on Detroit, but they have a mugshot here also. Uh, Ring doorbell video provides a small window of what the frightening moment was like for those kids ages 5 to 11 as the white van uh, can be seen speeding by. Okay, uh, Shayla Burley, the mother, said, I hope she gets the maximum sentence. I can't say what I really want to say. 
the uh, Detective Flanders of the Detroit Police Department said watching the video of the incident, it was quick. It was disturbing how fast she was able to get the kids into the vehicle. All right, I want to go to, uh, let's see here. We have, we have this up here from, okay, we have the article here from Click on Detroit Channel 4 here in Detroit also. They have a really good article on this. Detroit woman kidnaps four young children who were walking to school. Police say Stephanie Binder faces charges. Here's a mugshot of her. Now, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to take that down. Let's go, okay, mugshot. And I want to go to this clip from Fox 2 News. Let's try to cue this up here. We're not on 9, 10 a.m. Uh, we're only on there for an hour, so the rest of the stuff I have to do myself. Okay, hold on. Let's go to this clip here. Thanks, Detroit police. As she thanks Detroit police for saving her children from danger. I just thank everyone that's involved. My children are back home safe. Back home where they belong. After police say this woman, Stephanie Marie Binder, was charged with kidnapping Burleigh's four children as they walked to school on Tuesday. The ring doorbell video provides a small window of what that frightening moment was like for those kids, ages 5 to 11. I hope she get the maximum fine, period. And, um, can't say what I really want to say. Watching the video of the incident, it was quick. You know, it's disturbing how fast it was, how fast she was able to get the kids into the vehicle. But as Binder was allegedly doing the unthinkable, she ran a red light, and that caught the attention of two Detroit police officers who noticed something wasn't right with the driver's body language. So instead of just writing a ticket, they began asking questions. Are these your children? To which she said yes at the same time the children were shaking their head no. That's when police knew something was wrong and arrested Binder. The officers whose quick thinking saved the kids acknowledged at a press conference on Friday. I have kids of my own, so it has brought me joy to actually get the kids back home to their mother. Comes down to policing, sometimes it's the right place, the right time. That day I feel like I was at the right place in the right time. And I'm happy they're at home with you. Right. I cried so hard when I first saw my daughter. She ran up to me and gave me the biggest hug. I was just happy that nothing, you know that they wasn't harmed. Binder is facing several charges, including four counts of kidnapping and has a $5 million bond. There were some things that were um, troubling and alarming per the, the uh, interrogation. We're not going to release that right now. Police say Binder, Houston, the woman accused in this has case, a has a criminal background. I hope she gets the maximum time, period. And, um, can't say what I really want to say. In Detroit, Ingrid Kelly, Fox 2 News. All right, great, great reporting from Fox 2 News and Ingrid Kelly. These are the two officers who uh, stopped her, arrested her, uh, Detroit Police Department Officer Flannel. Um, and uh, your home partner, famous officer. We need uh, old Parrish. to replace and feature in our the next TV officer Parrish. Click below to Sh submit your home for qualification right okay, now. Stop this. If you're help. All right. Um, let's see here. 
Okay, so they say uh, Stephanie Biner was charged with kidnapping Burley's four children as they walked to school on Tuesday, November 30th. And okay, ring doorbell. Okay, Biner ran a red light. Um, She's held on $5 million bond. Now, I want to go to the article from uh, Click on Detroit. They have some more details on this. Channel 4, Click on Detroit. Uh, In this article here, the page 2. Police say Binder was driving a stolen van when she kidnapped all four children uh, as they were walking to school on Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. She is not related to the children, officials said. Quote, there were four children walking to school. Uh, A prosecutor said, uh, Ms. Binder approached in a stolen van that she admittedly stole and lured the children into the van and drove away with the children, telling them she was taking them to school. Quote, the youngest child got into the van, at which time the oldest child, who was 11, tried to grab his brother, tried to grab his uh, his brother back. But Miss Binder got out of the car and pushed them toward her van, telling them to get in, end quote. Stephanie Binder admitted that she had never met the children before and had no authority to pick them up. Prosecutor said Binder is charged with four counts of kidnapping child enticement, four counts of unlawful imprisonment, one count of uh, unlawfully driving away, uh, one count of unlawfully driving uh, away of an automobile, and one count of receiving and concealing uh, a stolen motor vehicle. She was arraigned uh, Friday, that would have been Friday, December 3rd, 2021, in 36th District Court here in Detroit, and she's being held on five on five a five million dollar bond. She's not allowed to have contact with the victims, and must wear a GPS tether, and remain on house arrest if released. If released, she's not allowed to have contact with the victims, and must wear a GPS tether. A not guilty plea was entered on her behalf. A probable cause conference is scheduled for December 14th and a preliminary examination is scheduled for December 21st. The prosecutor said uh, Binder has a lengthy criminal history, including multiple retail frauds, multiple failure to appear warrants, multiple failure failure to appear warrants, a drug conviction, and she was discharged from parole in April 2021 after leaving uh, the scene of a deadly crash in which she was at fault. I don't think anybody's talking about defunding the police here. (laughs) We need need more police like those two catching these criminals. (laughs) I don't think anybody's talking about defunding the police now. (laughs) 
All right. So read this article here. Detroit woman kidnaps uh, four young children who will walk into school, police say. Uh, this is from uh, clickondetroit.com, which is channel 4 WDIV here in Detroit. All right. Um, no, she's not on home arrest. It said if she is released on $5 million bond, she would be on home arrest and be on a GPS tether. She's in jail right now unless she's come up with the $5 million bond since this article was written December 3rd. All right, uh, you can read this full article. We'll post a link here. Okay, if you like this type of information, also you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. This is our official Cash App account. Dollar sign the AHN show. S H O W. When you uh, go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. I did not set those up. That is not us. So we'll post the link here also, and we have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Be sure to uh, register if you like this uh, the type of history we provide here. You can register for the online courses that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. I teach two classes uh, on Saturday. It is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Now, uh, these are 10 week online courses. Sometimes we do 11 or 12 weeks, depending upon the pace of how everything's going. We do the sessions live. All of the sessions are archived and recorded. All of the sessions are archived and recorded. You don't have to worry about missing class or anything like that. When you log in, the class will be there. You can watch it when you get ready to watch it at your own pace. Even after the 10 week online course is over with, you can still go back and watch the entire course. Two years from now, you can go back and watch the entire course if you want to. It's still there for you. Uh, so we do this on Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And we deal with uh, some history uh, leading up to the U.S. Civil War, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. And then we deal with the Civil War, 1861, 1865. Uh, we deal with uh, Reconstruction, 1861, uh, 1865 to 1877, Jim Crow era, Great Migration, World War I, uh, World War II, we know December 7th, 1941, today's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor being bombed in 1941 and the U.S. entering into the Civil War. Okay, um, so, and then we deal with uh, the Great Migration, uh, civil, uh, civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, okay? So we deal with all that in that class. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips, uh, everything. You can also use this with your children. I would say the content is PG-13. I don't do a lot of cursing. It's not crazy, anything like that. It's very engaging. Uh, so we have a special bundle pack where you can, normally these courses are $130 each. We have a special bundle pack where you can register for both of the online courses that I teach. You can register for, for them for only $70. Uh, click right here for register here. It takes you to the next page. Click on enroll. Okay. Click on register here. It takes you to the next page. 
and then uh yeah just click on uh right here click on buy now okay as soon as you register you can start watching the content now the second class that i teach I teach this one on Sundays, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We do this Sundays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We deal with thousands of years of history, what leads to this uh, uh, transatlantic slave trade taking place. We deal with ancient Kemet, ancient Africa, Nile Valley region of Africa. We deal with uh, Ghana, Songhai, Mali, the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors. We deal with all this history. We go through and deal with history chronologically. All right. So uh, this one uh, here as well, as soon as you register, you start watching um, the content. You watch the class we just did this past weekend. This class is regularly $130 is on sale right now, $60, or you can register for both of them in the bundle pack uh, for only $70. Okay. So that's at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And we just posted the link here as well. Okay. Uh, African-American business owners also post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. And you can email us at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com uh, for more information about advertising with the African History Network. Uh, we take your 30-second and 60-second commercial. Uh, we uh, put into the rebroadcast uh, of these shows when we rebroadcast on our social media platforms. But they're also in, in the audio podcast of, of, of uh, the shows as well. We're on 10 different audio podcast platforms, iTunes, CastBox, FM Player, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio. Just search for the African History Network show. All right. Uh, and if you don't have a commercial, we can create one for you. No additional charge. Uh, current promotions, buy one month, get two months free. Buy one month, get two months free. We have two or three more slots left. So you can email us. We can get you up and running. All right. We have to get out of here. Remember, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. Peace. And Friday I'll be on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Soul in Motion. Celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events, like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349, or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, 
and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV, the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American, Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson. President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, 
ASUS, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.